0: Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Sideline Junkies. I'm KG, sitting in the big responsible chair, but look who I got with me, the smart mark himself, the Don.
1: Woohoo. hoo
0: How you feeling tonight, brother?
1: Feeling amped up. I'm
0: good. Good, I'm good, to get good. into
1: some, uh, so, some anxious discussions about stuff that you may not agree about.
0: <laughs> I think that's pretty much everything. I, I, I'm just being honest. So We're going to dive right into it. Now, the big thing wrestling-wise that I feel that happened this week was Shawn Michaels coming to roll, calling out the Undertaker, mm-hmm. and the Undertaker coming and showing up and responding right then and there. Now, my question to you, with all your knowledge, your expertise, will we get One more match between Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker.
1: I'm going to just say it slow. That way it can sink in and you can just digest it. Hell no. And here's the reason why. Shawn Michaels at his stage in the game and his career has done two things that will make things a lot different. One, he cut his hair. Um, so you know the the trademark long hair is gone Um, so I still believe he's a little self-conscious about that because anytime he comes out he's wearing you know a hat of some kind either promoting uh, his show or like he wore a nice uh, really nice cowboy hat Uh, but the second thing is he gets a nice check just for coming in and doing what he does best every single time right before Wrestlemania or if there's going to be a triple H match or an undertaker match that they need to really put over, you know, if if you could put like 150 pounds on him and shrink them a little bit more, you'd be Paul Heyman. So, you know, Sean, when I was watching, I'm like, man, you know, he brings you in, he has you sucked in. He's like right there and you're, you're flashing back to that moment when he looked at flair and with a tear in his eye and said, I'm sorry. You know, we Ugh. were at that level of promo. But at the same time, that is Sean's job. Every time something like this happens, he comes out and he puts over the match so heavy that by the time the match happens, you forget that Sean was even a part of the build. So, um, you know, they'll do the, the, vid- the vignette reminder and all that stuff. But, you know, Sean did his job. He came in, he put over the match. But we know that Sean is not going to come out of retirement to wrestle. As much as we all in the wrestling universe would love to see a dream match with him against anybody, even though Taker said, I know you will come for me. And, you know, it's probably true, but it's just not going to happen because Sean's job was real simple. Come out there, pull on the heartstrings of the WWE universe, and then leave. And then let Triple H and Undertaker work the build from there up into it, and they just milked the Shawn Michaels promo. And it sucks because it's not the first time. This is what maybe the – I think probably the fifth or sixth time HBK has came out and just delivered a performance. That was so amazing, you know, he just put over, you know, his boy Trips and, you know, whoever he was going against in such a fashion that, you know, it made it a marquee match just from that. And, you know, that's a big check that he got just to do that. All in five minutes, he got seriously paid. So hell no is my answer, man.
0: It's funny you bring up uh, the match against Flair. i I seen a clip of that, and to be quite honest, I bawled like a baby when it happened because I I I, 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 I never thought my entire life, uh, most of my kids' lives, we've watched Ric Flair wrestle, mm-hmm. and to see that Ric Flair is not truly wrestling anymore, it's odd because I, I I've watched this man since I was five or six years old. Yep, I've watched. I mean, I've imitated his promos. I've I've imitated everything about him. And to know that he's not wrestling, then to see that, yeah, it, it, even after all this time, it still messes me up. I'm not even going to lie. I'm a grown man, not I can admit that.
1: Heck, yeah, man. I mean, I don't think there's a grown man that was out there that didn't shed a tear or wasn't, you know, just, just heartbroken because you were sitting there thinking, no, you know what, um, uh, Flair's going to turn, he's going to
0: move,
1: you know, he's going to grab the leg, roll him up, and, to you know, uh, grab the tights, one, two, three, you know, that type of match. And then that would have been a great finish. But at the same time, you wanted to see how it would finish if Sean won. So you're like torn at the heartstrings. One hand, you want him to go ahead and catch the L and, you know, do the retirement thing and see where it goes. And the other hand, you're like, but he's Ric Flair, the dirtiest player in the game. Is there a run-in? Does he have some, you know, taped-up brass knucks in his his tights? You know, is he going to do the old-fashioned ref? What's the time? I give him, you know, what you can call now the Shinsuke Nakamura uppercut. (laughs) And <laughs> in the, in the groin, I mean, you know there's so many things you were expecting Flair to just pull out and be the dirtiest player in the game, but at the same time, it was like watching a a a beautiful um uh we, we call it ballet, and that was the, the climax of the ballet, and the music was going high, and all you heard was just "Pow, sweet chin, and you know HBK fell on Flair, and then you know that was that.
0: Still, an iconic moment. Now, oh, yeah. coming from the Undertaker side, um, after the WrestleMania loss to Brock Lesnar, which, quite honestly, most of us older wrestling fans fi- figured that you know, hey, that's the end of our childhood right there. Because I, if I'm to be quite honest, I think the Undertaker is the last of the major ones to actually. Hang him up because Hogan's pretty much hung him up, except for the little stuff he does on indie circuits. But he's pretty much hung him up, and nobody else really wrestles from my childhood, right? And he's I think he's the last one. So, him losing at WrestleMania, I thought that that was pretty much a retirement match. But this is what the third time since that loss he showed up, yeah.
1: I mean, I think you know they were really looking for a way to balance out. Brock and to, you know, really revalidate him, Um, you know, and, you know, they did a great job. I mean, it was, you know, Taker's final decision whether or not he would do the honors and, you know, grant that blessing. But at the same time, you have to think if there was somebody that could do it outside of John Cena, who would it be? That would be believable. You know, John Cena would just, you know, just that's just a machine. So that's the only reason why he would. Be thrown into the mix, but Lesnar from just the overall force and impactfulness, and then even to think about the lead up to that eat, sleep, conquer, repeat you know, all that stuff just growing and building. I mean, if, if uh, Brock did not be Taker, Brock would be diminished to a level that he couldn't go back to UFC. um But if he did be Taker, you know, you wouldn't be like, well, you know, come on, man, that was just a you know, that was just a finish, you know, that was, he's in him with the guys in the back or Vince is, you know, high on him right now. It was like, yeah, he beat the hell out of Taker. <laughs> I mean, you, you can't go away from it. It made sense. So, you know, the only other person, which he wasn't there then, would have been Braun Strowman, which, uh-huh. you know, would be uh, extremely believable to be able to, to take out Taker. But Strowman is not at that level of, of performance and, and clout that, you know, it would make sense for him to get the honor. So, I mean, you know, and I also believe, you know, and from watching videos and just seeing how Brock has talked about that moment, um, that, you know, it wasn't a, you know, all right, I'm just the baddest man here and, you know, anybody care, you know, I'm the only one that can rock an advertisement for a company outside the WWE, a la Jimmy John's, and, you know, ain't can't nobody do nothing about it. You know, he really did appreciate, you know, and understood what Taker was doing Uh, by doing the honors and and passing that torch in essence um over to um uh to brock even though in the back of my head i think the official phenom torch can still be passed but i think that can only go to bray wyatt um if they allow bray to go back to his original uh development when he you know he was really the edo of worlds and just cutting promos that was pretty much on that, uh, that Ultimate Warrior level. He's like, I don't understand what the hell this fool is talking about. This is hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's on some some Space A stuff. But Bray Wyatt was just cutting promos that he was actually writing that actually got approved. And they got to the point like, hey, man, just do your own thing. You know, that's, that's some serious stuff right there. But, you know, that's my take on it from the, the Taker side. Um, I mean, it's good to see Taker wrestling. You know, he still has some more in the tank. I mean, you know, he can do the one match a year, which, you know, technically this year will be two matches in uh, the the WWE calendar year because I'm quite sure he's going to do another WrestleMania. But you, you know what? It's going to be interesting to see exactly. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, he can't lose to, to uh, Hunter either. So, you know, when we get there in Australia, if, if, if he loses the Triple H, he is done. Mm. So, you know, but now that cannot happen. Uh, that would diminish his career more. Nothing against Triple H, but it's just, you know, the principle of the thing that, you know, it has to be that believable entity to really conquer the
0: Undertaker. But now, if Triple H loses to the Undertaker, is that- it's expected.
1: It- <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, Triple H did a great job. There's no haul, no fouls. You know, even HBK can show up, throw a sweet chin in there or something like that. You know, all those things can happen, and it's like, okay, you know, great match. They could just go out there and have a great match, but you knew Taker was going to win. I mean, you know, you're on foreign soil. You know, you're going to get the gong pop, you know, all that stuff. You know, old school, the hold on, you know, but, yeah, come on now. Well. every They know what's going to go down.
0: Well, let's jump off into the indies real quick. Okay. Um, got a couple of indie questions for you. All right. Uh First off, I mean, I'm always going to start – when it comes to indies, it's one person I'm always going to start off with, and that's going to be Cody Rhodes because I think Cody Rhodes is one of the the hottest indie wrestlers. I think he's one of the hottest wrestlers, period, at this present point of the year. And anybody that does not respect what he's doing, what he has done, where he went – and, you know, once you leave WWE and you go to the indies nine times out of ten – you never heard from again. Mm -hmm. But Cody went and he went from Stardust to the American Nightmare and he ripped the wrestling industry a new one. And I'm like, okay, this is new here. This is something that I'm not used to. I mean, I know he has a skill, but you leave WWE, you go independent. You don't have this type of push, but my question is with Cody Rhodes: do you think within the coming, I'll, I'll push it out to months instead of weeks. Do you think you'll see him in either TNA or, uh, back in WWE with a heel push?
1: Truthfully, uh, I think uh, we touched on this, uh, on the last show, uh, when we were finishing up the countdown, uh, I don't foresee him in the immediate future. However, I strongly believe that, you know, if it's going to be there, it's going to be at a WrestleMania or, you know, a Royal Rumble one time uh, moment or something like that. It has to be something on that level for the paycheck to be good. It needs to be mutual. Because, I mean, at the moment when he left, you know, it was not on the worst terms. And, you know, it's people that have left on some horrible terms but it was just a, a, a difference of opinion type of thing, which, you know, they everybody would look like you're successful, you're hot, you know, your merchandise is selling, don't leave, you know, it's not a good idea. And he had a vision for being himself, you know, which is the flip side of, you know, going from, you know, Dusty roads to Polka Dots and making Polka Dots work. He went from Polka Dots or Stardust and made Cody Rhodes work so you know he didn't people didn't believe it but you know I give kudos to a ring of honor which technically is still under the WWE umbrella you know so it's like the NXT but not NXT of WWE since they were to pull all their talent but you know they they know and spot an opportunity you know they gave him the chance to voice himself uh in reference to his frustrations and you know kind of CM Punk pipe on it a little bit uh the movement from, I am not, you know, the, the face painting stardust type of guy. I am the American nightmare. I've dyed my hair. I have a new swagger. I'm wearing suits. You know, I got the fresh jackets. I got the beautiful wife. Um, and then I'm just going out there and I'm going to take the Indies by storm, you know, leading from, you know, ring of honor to going to where he really flourished and he understands the value of a true storytelling capable talent along with the clout of his lineage being out there in Japan. You know, I think it was a smart idea to align himself with the Bullet Club um, and the Young Bucks and, you know, to really, you know, help them and elevate them because they've been learning a lot from him in reference to how to talk and and how to to really promote from, you know, his experience in the WWE machine to, you know, now, you know, he just became – you know, the NWA world champion at uh, the event that just happened all in. And not only that, he is the first Rhodes in 32 years to have an NWA championship, you know, wrapped around their waist, which is huge. And now he's going off to uh, Chris Jericho's rocket wrestling cruise in October to defend it um, against the former uh, NWA champ, Nick Aldis or Doug Williams, whoever it may be. But um You know, I I believe that, you know, it has to be something big. He's not ostracized. He's still good to be able to come back. But it's going to be under his terms at the right time. And it can't be, in my opinion, he's not going to settle to go into NXT and then spend some time at NXT and they get called up. He's going to go straight to main roster. And he's earned that spot to be able to go into main roster based off of what he did. I mean, he's almost, truthfully, um, a click away or like the new era of where Chris Jericho is and his career where he can go over to new Japan, get over heavily. Now he's about to work a program with Kenny Omega um, and then to be able to come back and then transition back and forth between, you know, the style in new Japan and that, that uh, level of uh, performance and then come back to WWE at will and leave again and, and then, you know, do whatever else he wants to do. So, Nothing soon, unfortunately, but, you know, if it's going to happen, you never say never at WrestleMania time. We've seen that with the Warrior coming back. We've seen that with Goldberg coming back. Um, we've seen that with Alundra Blaze coming back uh, as of late. Um, you know, Ray Mysterio coming back, even though it wasn't a bad departure, but, you know, Ray Ray's come back. Um, Ronda Rousey showing up. So uh, Cody Rhodes showing up at a Mania, you know, even the Hardys um showing up uh cody rhodes showing up at a mania or cody rhodes being it'd be smart it'd be awesome you know to get a pop for him to come out uh for his own entrance at the Royal rumble you know just for a one-time spot would be uh, amazing but you know it's going to be later than sooner but you know we're not too far away from the road to wrestlemania anyway Um, but i will say this and i'll let you join in if he does come the only thing i'm not going to agree with but it's inevitable if it's going to be another Goldust is going to put his brother over moment um, where, you know, it's going to be, you know, his uh, success is awesome, da da da. And then he just, uh, Cody's going to cut a heel promo out of nowhere. It's just going to be so disgusting. You know, it's going to be a quick squash match. And then there you go, mm. which could be uh, Dustin's retirement match, which, you know, would be a, a cool thing to see if that's, you know, what he wanted to do at that time to put his brother over would be you know the best way to retire. Um if you're gonna do something like that, then go into the Hall of Fame because like we talked about before, they're running out of people to sell out arenas for the Hall of Fame, which in my opinion is not really all it's about, uh, more so than just the honoring part. It's what name can I sell out, you know, to get thirty five thousand people in that arena before we have Raw, uh after WrestleMania and that type of thing.
0: Well, I can tell you one name right now that will sell out immediately. And you won't have to worry about you can have one name Hall of Fame for that night, and it will sell out. No, never. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not taking nothing away from Cena, but it's too early for Cena.
1: Yes, I'm just messing with you.
0: Um, Owen Hart. Yeah, that's the one. I agree, man. Oh, and I, it will bring out everybody from the past because everybody has stories about Owen. And all. and I've never, I haven't heard one bad story. The Ahmed Johnson story where he said he got him and told him, he, he, they had him thinking that he was on The uh, Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Yep. That's one of the funniest ones, but that right, that name right there alone, I guarantee you it would sell out the whole weekend.
1: I agree. Not only that, but that one name alone could also secure an hour worth of um, the Hall of Fame ceremony and nobody would care. It would just be tribute after tribute that story after story after story And then Brett would end up, you know, doing the final accepting. But just, you know, you could go an hour's worth of people inducting. But the problem is, you know, just the the Hart family is just, you know, not ready for that to happen emotionally, I guess. Because that, you know, you're crying at doing on Hart uh, the whole entire thing. There's no way you can watch that, you know, and and, and not be, be done, you know, which is still, you know, one of the greatest tragedies. Um, which, you know, just to touch on that, I think if you could go back in time, it wouldn't be changing, you know, Owen from going up and doing that. Um, it would be Brett leaving and taking a WCW contract. And I think that was the, 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 the motion that led to things because there was nobody to say Owen, no, <laughs> no keep you behind, come down a different way. You know, yeah, Sean might did his thing at WrestleMania 12, but there was a lot of safeguards to be able to do that, you know, zip line thing. Um, but, you know, this is pre sting So that, you know, that wasn't a lot of thought and, and I'm not a security, but it wasn't on that level of, Hey, this is going to be happening every week. We need to make sure that the icon is you know, safe when it comes down every single time um, from the rafters. But yeah, if, if, if Brett would have stayed, um, then I don't think uh, we would have we would have had that moment and Owen would be here today, which, you know, which is sad to say because I think Brett probably believes the same thing, you know, and, and, you know, that's one of the things he has to walk with, um, knowing that if he would have made a different decision, things could have been different. And I know Vince feels the same way because, you know, you can't say that Vince doesn't, you know, has gotten over it because, you know, they were great friends as well. But, you know, but I, I I agree with that, yeah. Owen Hart for an hour. I'd actually watch a three-hour tribute, to be honest with you. If that's the only person, oh, they'd be thank you, Owen Chance, for three hours. Man.
0: Yeah, I I wouldn't be able to get enough of it, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. Sticking with the Indies, got another name for you, and you you, you brought both. I got two more names for you, but you brought both of them up. Number one, the Young Bucks. Okay. Uh, where do you? I mean, in this 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 realm of tag teams and we got some pretty decent tag teams all across wrestling right now but we got some that just they look like they were just thrown together and you're just like now y'all don't have any chemistry but what's your thoughts on the Young Bucks? Do you think they got a chance to be called up to the WWE or you know? I think the Young
1: Bucks would be part of that package deal with Cody because you know you got to remember, if they pull the Young Bucks and they pull Cody, you know they've still got to they got to go immediately and repackage the club out there in uh, New Japan. They've got to have somebody to replace them uh, at a level at that level. Now they deserve it, but where Cody, I would put Cody at main event, and I know this may cause a lot of controversy with no cash, but I would put the um, Young Bucks in NXT, mm. and not saying that they're not at a main event level, but I would love to see NXT um, any of the takeovers, the Young Bucks versus the Undisputed Era, no matter which one of them boys that you put in, um, in the mix of Undisputed Era for the, the, the championship. They would put on wrestling clinics down there. I mean, the, the roof would be blown off and it would be, they could put that on first and all the other matches wouldn't matter. You know, there's no way you know, that, that that you could surpass. And I think that would be just amazing television um, to watch. And then, you know, against other, you know, good tag teams. And I think, you know, one good thing about the Young Bucks is that they can definitely make um, other tag teams look good. And that's a rare art form when the tag world is, you know, being able to, you know, make another team look
0: good as a whole. <laughs> I see... I've been thinking about this and this is the creative side of me. Why not bring the whole Bullet Club? Because you got so you got so many members of the Bullet Club that are already in WWE with uh, AJ Styles Finn Balor. Two former heads of the Bullet Club actually. Mm -hmm. You know Cody comes over. Uh, That's if Cody comes over. The Young Bucks come over. Why not bring the whole entire Bullet Club over and kind of with this whole, this thing where the NWA, uh, the NWO was coming, that would be your defense yep. against the NWO is the Bullet Club. You got these young bucks and these new jacks in the Bullet Club who are all pretty pretty much younger wrestlers against the, the, the you know, the old guard and the NWO. Now, which part of the NWO, are they going to bring back just the original four? Are they going to bring back a lot of key pieces to the NWO? who knows, but you still got the... Last time NWO came, it was a problem. No matter how you looked at it, it was a problem. So I, that's just my creative thought, you know, bringing the Bullet Club right on, right on over and letting them wreak havoc. And, you know, kind of like a passing of the torch. Because what other stables do we have right now that, that, that rivals NWO?
1: Well, like I said, uh, the undisputed era um, is doing a, a heck of a good job. Uh, so is sanity. Um, but the, 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 go back a, a couple seconds of what you were saying, um, you know, at this moment, it wouldn't work because of what you were just talking about. It'd be two NWO five. And I'm not talking about the original you know, trilogy. Of uh, you know, Hogan, Hall, and Nash. I'm talking when you had you know, so many daggone NWO members, most of Nitro, every match had an NWO member in it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you started like, God dang, you might as well not turn off the theme song, Aaron. Er, 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 you know, it's like, God, is everybody in the NWO? Then if it's not, then we're gonna be the Blue WO or we're gonna be you know, LWO. Or well, then we might as well split the NWO up and just go red and black, black and white. Yeah. Then we're going to go red and black, but then we're going to be red and black Wolfpack. And then, you know, it's like, God dang. You know, it's like everybody and their mama's NWO. So right now it wouldn't work. But if they were to have done that, it would have been better if they would have done the Bullet Club versus Nexus. Mm. When Nexus was originally just coming through. And, you know, way Barrett and the crew was, you know, just, just gritting their teeth through when they broke down a ring, you know, just really t- took kayfabe out the door and, you know, showed, you know, the, the wood paneling and, and stuff like that under the ring, you know, uh, wood, wood planks and stuff like that. I mean, you know, which was technically unheard of at that point. You know, that's, that's a no-no. You're not supposed to see that ever uh, per Vince and, you know, him signing off on that happening. That would have been the, the raw dynamite. That would have been, made it amazing because right now the club is too, you know, uh, rated R in essence where, you know, WWE does not or at least cannot bypass that PG-13 rating because they are, you know, focusing on sponsorships and, you know, their, their relationship with USA. So, which is weird because looking at the programming that is on USA, you know, it is a lot more edgy. Than what the wwe and the attitude era has done <laughs> law and <laughs> order uh, you know so you know you, you look back at that like well y'all technically could do that if you wanted to or you could have that type of programming on the network which you know you're not fighting for sponsorship you're just fighting for membership but you know that that's a whole nother argument of you know shoulda coulda woulda but um right now it's you know, they just have to pull some and then they have to also let some of these Bullet Club members that are established in WWE, you know, let the Good Brothers go back over to New Japan and run a program like it used to be back in a day. We could go back, run some shows out there, then come back and then, you know what I'm saying, bring some of that flavor back with you. Um, You know, let uh Finn Balor go over there and do a couple guest spots or AJ or something like that, just to get them and show them that they are still on that level that they are international, even though we know WWE is out there and stuff like that. It'd be nice to see.
0: Real nice. Uh, The second name that I have for you is I take nothing. I call Cody Rhodes one of the hottest indie stars right now. And when I say indie, I'm just saying non-WWE, non-TNA. Okay. Uh, But this guy, I remember I kept hearing about him. And I'm wondering, I'm like, what in the world's going on? Then this whole feud with Jericho, that really, like, perked my ears up even more. But Kenny Omega.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Triple H wants him horribly bad. I've heard. But there is some incredible management, either it's Kenny or somebody else is telling him to hold tight. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. He, he's, he's, he's working his way to be on that Brock Lesnar level of name your price and we will give you the package deal that you want. And that's what Brock has. You know, just how many dates you got. We even will let you have the belt for a year if you want. Why not? You know, uh, if Kenny comes, in my opinion, I think it will be smart for him to be paired with Heyman um, and let Heyman cut promos for at least a month in advance You know, I got a big guy coming. And then everybody will be chanting in the arena, CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk. And then the biggest swerve ever is Kenny Omega to walk out. Won't be on a a Raw. Won't be on a SmackDown Live. Won't be on a house show. It won't be on a general pay-per-view. That is going to be a WrestleMania-level appearance for him to show up. He won't wrestle. He'll just show up. And then, you know what I'm saying, I wouldn't have him wrestle for another month. I'd have him show up at NXT. I'd have him show up and be sitting in the front row of Raw and then have general interaction with, you know, certain students like a Kevin Owens versus Kenny Omega, because Kevin would just walk up to him and say some crap. You're not that big. You know what I'm saying? And Kenny would just get up and then they would stare each other down and the match would continue, you know, and then it could be uh, The Miz and Kenny Omega. And, you know, just different things going on. Adam Cole and Kenny Omega or Aleister Black and Kenny Omega. And then have him just run through just visitation. And then Heyman would just cut promos. And it, you could do that for at least four months. And nobody would care because the build would be so big as the who he would wrestle. And then whoever it may be at that moment, it would just blow the blow the house off. Um, and that could be your, your SummerSlam pay-per-view at that point. So that way you're capturing... You know, something. And it could be Kenny versus Shinsuke or Kenny versus AJ. And then uh, that would catapult Kenny getting the belt because it would be a no brainer. It's like, yeah, give him the title. And then he would carry the title to Mania or Hell in the Cells or, you know, uh, Elimination Chambers and stuff like that. And then he would be the future. Uh, If he comes over, he is the future of the business um, from the WWE side, from the packaging and performance and everything else hell he's the only one guy selling the the fire pro wrestling game <laughs> for ps4 you know it's like you know fire pro or 2k19 let yeah, I me mean, get this fire pro so i can play as kenny omega and that's all there is to it um so that that's how if i was in creative how i would book it and i believe the wwe universe would be so wrapped up into that um it'd be amazing but you know you'd have to keep the k phase uh so tight kind of like they did with the Hardys, where nobody would be expecting him to be on a red-eye from Japan straight over to wherever Mania is at that point in that year. And, you know, just goes from the plane to the limo, the limo to the venue, the venue of the ramp, boom, pyro. Here's Kenny
0: Omega. Jeez. But just the way you broke that down, I'm going to say this. I'm going to have to take over your career. You need to be in creative. Somewhere, <laughs> because you just wrote that, and I lied to you. Not everything you said. I sat here, I took notes, and I just imagined it, and I saw it. I saw it as you were saying it, and just how it would, it would, it would, it would happen over the course of, like you say, four months. The way you said that, the way it built up, I, I like it's that. I'm going I'm to I'm take you up, take you up to the top, but I'm not going to drop you yet. But I'm going to take you back yep. to the top, I'm not going to drop you yet. And that, in, in wrestling, that is such an awesome feeling. It, it is. is, when they top. do it right. Yes, when it's done right. But then to something else you said, you know, Kenny Omega comes over. You pretty much have to give him the title. Now, currently, a, a, in New Japan, he is the heavyweight champion. Mm-hmm. But looking at his resume, the inaugural IWGP United States champion, the intercontinental champion, two-time junior heavyweight champion, mm-hmm. one-time Heavy junior heavyweight tag champion, two-time never-open-weight six-man tag champion. And that's just in New Japan. Yep. Like, his resume is beautiful. And most people, you know, they ask the question, why hasn't Kenny Omega, you know, came to WWE? You know, when you do that, that level on in Ring of Honor, even in TNA, in uh, New Japan, you do everything like that at that level where, you know, you're racking up titles, but not only are you racking up titles, you're the face of the business. Mm-hmm. Normally, it's just a matter of time before you go ahead and cross on over and you sign your WWE contract. And one of two things happen is you come in and you kind of sort of flop and then they have to build you back up. Or you come in like a one man wrecking crew and you dominate. And I think yep. Kenny Omega is going to be the one that comes in. He dominates and I'm a triple H fan. Huge triple H fan. So huge. I used to have triple H head on my dashboard and rode me everywhere. <laughs> But it's gonna his Kenny Omega's his his him signing with WWE is gonna be so big. It's gonna bring Triple H out of retirement for one. Good. I mean, I'm talking yeah, Good. And because you know when it's whenever it's something like that, it seemed like you know Triple H don't don't want nobody else messing with it. He want to get in there and he want to show everybody that, yeah, I'm still a cerebral assassin. I'm still a king of kings. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to show you how it's done. He may lose, but I think it's going to be a hell of a match if that happens. All right. I agree. But
1: you know what? I'm going to drop a, a bomb on you that you know most people forget about. It's like uh, the best kept secret out in uh, the, the pro wrestling world. Japanese money and that, uh, that Mexican money. Is real good. Triple A, New Japan, pay their people real good. And the level of respect for the performer is so high that, you know, it's intoxicating to the point, and I'm not even a performer, but I can just tell, you know, that, that the level of respect that they are getting, you know, for what they are doing, not just, you know, taking the bumps and all that, but telling this quality story and going through the motions you know, to come over and then not get that level sometimes, that could be a deterrent. You know, so you, you spend that time there. And then also you have so many different styles filtering through uh, New Japan or AAA. You know, it's not just I'm just learning Lucho. I'm just learning, you know, the, the Japanese strong styles or anything like that. I'm, I'm getting catch as catch can. I'm getting, you know, all these different styles, aerial opportunities, just learning like a melting pot And then you come over. But I agree, Triple H would probably make a a move or make something towards it. But if I was going to script it again, you know, I would have it go up to a point. And you would think that's where it would go. And I would throw the swerve. I'm telling you, a Kevin Owens, you know, who, you know, is very underrated for what he was doing at that time when he was coming in, because he was cutting these strong heel uh, promos and he was all in everybody's face. But what they were forgetting in the longevity of that period when he first came was he was beating people, not oh, wow. with run-ins, you know, he was just beating people, you know, most of the time, i will say about 80 to 85% of the time were just legitimate, clean finishes. And somebody like that, you know, trips was like, hold up. I got somebody for you. It's not even going to be me. And then I'll be at ringside. I'll be doing commentary. I'll be the special guest ring announcer or something and this is my guy he's going to destroy you kenny and then you could build towards triple h versus kenny because every time trip sends somebody kenny beats them just keep feeding and feeding and then you know just keep looking at cutting promos on triple h every guy you put in front of me i'm gonna take down who's gonna be this week
0: Zack Ryder?
1: i'll beat him too you know just keep you know just laying it and laying it until finally you know trips like you know what he rips that shirt off not takes it off but he rips it off and then comes down to the ring. And then, you know, they start, um, you know, with the authority graphic. He said, turn that crap off and put my stuff up. And then, you know, you hear traditional Triple H. He walks down. You see Stephanie coming after him. No,
0: no, no, no. Don't
1: do it. Don't do it. You know, it could be a couple other, you know, the Stooges or whoever else may be coming down. Dima Lenka, one of the road agents, come down, pushing Trips back. No, no, no. Because, you know, Trips didn't come by himself, he came with a sledgehammer. So he flies into the ring, and then, you know, it's about to go down. Kenny, you know, spears him or something like that, and the, the sledgehammer drops, the crowd goes wild, and then that's what leads into, you know, your main event for the Warrior Rumble or, you know, a separate pay-per-view or something like that. Um, but, yeah, I, I could see that really happening. But it's got to be, you know, the old-school way of building a match over time. I know it's hard when you got three hours, you know, and you got a lot of product going plus the network but you know, build some of this stuff a little bit more outside of Lesnar's coming back in 30 days or whatever, you know, the, the storytelling again and a big arc, but it has to have the great finish to be able to make that payoff
0: make sense. You did it again. Like we need <laughs> we a storyboard and just throw names at you. Build this match. And but the thing is, you took and you just like you got me really really excited, and we don't even know if it's going to happen yet. And you got me really really excited because I see everything you're saying. I'm seeing it. I'm I'm living it. I'm in tune with it. When you say Kenny Omega spears Triple H and the Sledgehammer fall, I see it. And then you know that now that's something that will happen on Raw at the end of Raw then you see no i'm gonna do it
1: i don't know you do it at the beginning if you're gonna break it you got to break the rules so far to the left that the 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 wwe universe does not understand in this like the young kids don't understand exactly what it was like to watch four months of programming to lead up to the pay-per-view they only understand every month seemingly there's another pay-per-view. They watch the network. Oh, if you sign up for WWE Network, you get this pay-per-view for free. You know, every month. Every month. Thank you, Eric Bischoff, uh, in a good way. But, um, you know, they don't understand what it's like to have those bills. They got a little bit of that in NXT, but, you know, that's all they're, they're getting. They don't understand. The the adults are like, man, you know, didn't we just have this match it went really quick? Now we're on to another thing. And, you know, the, you know it's just so much left yes. on the table that I think if they could just put that back and really bring it strong. I mean, the, the business is stronger than ever. I'm not saying that it's lacking, but I think they're going to hit another wall very soon because we're running out of superstars that could do the most important thing in the entire business. And it is not work. It is not take a bump. It is not oversell. It is not put over it is the ability as Jim Ross said, at least maybe five, six years ago now to grab the microphone and cut a promo, not from script, but from the top of your head, based off of who your character is in your heart. If you can do that, the world will believe you, no matter what you're saying. AKA Ultimate Warrior about spaceships and and all. I don't know what the heck, still he's <laughs> talking about. I'm look. I'm still looking for the spaceships, but you know, to be able to to cut a promo and you believe it. Like when Jake talks, you have no choice. I mean, you know, you quote biblical terms you know, talk about snakes, whatever he wants to do. But when Jake talks, you just looked and you're like, oh, snap. Jake the Snake Roberts is about to kill this dude. (laughs) And then put the Uh snake on him. I need to watch this. Same thing with Heyman. When Heyman talks, you know it's going to be a bunch of words he may have to go look up. Um, But at the same time, it just flows so well from ladies and gentlemen all the way down to when he just passes the microphone uh, to my girlfriend JoJo or somebody. Uh, Renee Young, or whoever it may be, you know, that entire period, you're about to be gifted with liquid gold. And, you know, if we can get to that, you know, it it shouldn't be somebody like me, just a general smart mark, painting a picture, and then everybody's like, yeah, that would be pretty cool. It would be, we need to go back to where we're talking about, man, I can't wait for so-and-so to just bump into, like the Daniel Bryan-Miz thing, you know, then to bump into each other and then have that happen. It took too long. But now that we got it, okay, they're starting to build it well. But, um, you know, we need to get back to those moments where the, the water-cooler conversation was about, did you see what Stone Cold did to Vince? And then you got a whole week of just that conversation, you know, and then you go into the next thing and you're just foaming at the mouth to see when a glass is going to break and how many stunners is Vince going to oversell and look like he had a seizure. <laughs> you know, all those type of things, you know, have to happen again. And if they don't work through that wall that's coming i said trust me it's coming and it's going to be borderline the the business is stale or you need somebody to break through the glass ceiling and really take it (coughs) kenny omega (coughs) Jay lethal (coughs) cody rhodes you know uh or or, you know some other great ones. aj styles can still push through you know and stuff like that you know we need to have something in line for it to be prepared to, to go to the next level and it could be, you know, pushing an envelope on that PG thirteen. That's too Well,
0: I, I, I don't I, I I don't care what in the world you say. You need to be in a room with a storyboard because that's one thing that we're missing. We're missing that storyline. We haven't had that, that storyline mm-hmm. that where you have fuse last for more than a couple of weeks. Fuse last months. And they don't uh accumulate I think that's the word I'm looking for, in one match. You'll have several matches. Yep. And, you know, then you got more people involved, and then it comes down to uh, win winner take on. It doesn't have to be a feud over a championship. It can be a feud, period. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that we all miss. We're missing that storyline yep. that keeps you hooked in.
1: Yep. You want to take a, a, a good history lesson for the young kids that are listening that don't know too much? Well, we're not alive for too much. Go ahead and take a look at two feuds, Ric Flair versus Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair versus Ricky Steamboat. Every week it was them two. Every week going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, great promo to great promo, great match together, great match together, run in to run, whatever it may be. But, you know, you had four, five, six, seven, sometimes a year's worth of build, you know, to – uh, Dusty Rhodes overcoming a horseman and taking the title away from Ric Flair or you know, same thing with Ricky the Dragon scene, but with a Flair just getting on WCW Saturday night and just, you know, just calling out and just going into classic Ric Flairness. You know, I couldn't even imitate it and do it justice at this moment, but in my brain, I am watching him with, you know, the hair and the and the um and the, the fur coat and showing his Rolex taking off his shoe, you know, showing his, you know, $300 just going in on, you know, his flairness. So, you know, you, you'll get all that in uh, WWE 2K19 when it comes out. Because, um, you know, that's going to be all flairified um, on uh, some of those vignettes, which is going to be great to watch. And
0: since you brought up 2K19? Like you yeah, right, didn't you?
1: <laughs>
0: I'm going to ask you a question. Now, well, everybody that's a sideline junkie, we're gamers and we've been gamers probably long before we was born because it, it just for some people it just kind of sort of got cool, but we've been doing it for who boy, you say 20 years. Wow, I'm so nice. say no. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> one of my favorite games is Techmo Bowl, and that was 30 years ago. So. <laughs> oh gosh, all right, Bo Jackson, let's go. What <laughs> is, in your opinion, the greatest? Yeah wrestling game all time.
1: Matthew, I'm apologize now to all the people that think two K is the ish. Sorry. Not going when I say two K I mean two K in general. Um it's not a two K game. Um it's a throwback to the good old days of three letters, T H Q and it is uh WWF No Mercy. Mm. Couldn't play it now. Because graphically, it's so far back on uh, uh, the uh, N64, you'd be like, "Oh my God, it's Minecraft." (laughs) But um, one thing that that game had that um, we kind of lost a little bit once we got to disc base, and you know, selling video games for a long period of time, I've actually talked to the developers of then um, uh, THQ um, when we would have meet and greets uh, and, and training classes and then a couple times with uh, the 2K folks. But um, one thing I always explained to them was the reason why, arguably, that is still the best. And it came out, oh, gosh, was that uh, 1998? Um, somewhere right around there, 97, 98, right before WrestleMania 2000 and WCW versus the World, NWO and all that stuff, um, was that it had the best chain wrestling ever. Like, I could take somebody... Um, a real person I'm, you know, playing a game with and Matt Chain wrestled them for sixty minutes straight. They couldn't do anything unless you had the timing of God to be able to hit the reversal to get out of something. I could pick you up, bow, 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 outside the ring, bow, 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 throw you to the ropes, bow, 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 take you off the top rope, bow, put you in a submission, cancel a submission, pick you back up again, you know, DDT you, roll you back up, throw you into the ropes. I mean, it was just logistically disgusting the level of Matt tactician capability to be able to do it at a pro level um, that it was, it was amazing. And, you know, now uh, you know, I did uh, get an email from uh, 2k well 2k in general about, Hey, I, I don't like 2k 18 uh, and they got an earful from me on some things, but now there's, you know, it takes me truthfully about four solid hours to create Don Rodriguez in the game. I make him every year. Um, and, you know, my one day, uh, when I make it on 2K19, I'll post for uh, all the junkies to see my entrance. You know, it's timed from the lighting, uh, the movement, the motion. If there's music that uh, has words in it, you know, my guy should be mouthing it at the same time or well, as close as I can get it. The pyro should be popping everything. But when you get to that move set, oh, my God, it's like 8,000 options of opportunity. Thank you, World of Wrestling um for having all these great moves, but it, it could be a little crazy. Whereas, you know, No Mercy was a little bit more streamlined on how you could build uh your superstar wrestler back then. But No Mercy to me, bar none, we have not had a better wrestling game for control since then. Um we've had great spectacles. You know, I love the SmackDown versus Raw uh period. You know, I have especially World's Collide and all that stuff with the vents cover. That was awesome. Um, you know, I have, you know, got many thumb burns um, running uh, GCW uh, at, you know, one of my oldest establishments and having that federation going uh, on the game. It was awesome. Um, but no mercy is it, man. What For about me?
0: You? Oh, man. Now, when you talk about creating a wrestler, I, don't, I haven't had much success in creating a wrestler perfectly. WWF Attitude. Now, that's, really? that's just for creating a wrestler. I got hooked on that game Okay. Because uh, one of my cousins, he came over. He was like, you got to play uh, Warzone. And I was like, okay. Yeah. I'm back in the acclaim uh, game. Yeah. was the game, I believe. And so I told him, I said, yeah. I'll try. And then maybe about a month or so later, Attitude came out. And I was like, okay. So I went and got Warzone, learned how to play that very well. Play Attitude. Mm-hmm. But when I played Attitude, I became a really, really big Triple H fan. <laughs> but yeah. now that's as far as creating my own wrestler and going, because I had uh, this half-toe crab that was like, it, it, it made him it made anybody tap out in no time. So I was good with that. I was good. But now as okay. far as gameplay overall, it's got to be SmackDown or SmackDown 2. Those two right there and if BJ was on, I had battles with him. We battled for months over the WWF championship. We, he had to set rules because he always wanted to do a ladder match. So I would always make sure I knocked him out of the ring, put the ladder up, took my belt back and went home. But of course, I was a rock. He was stone cold. Okay. But that the gameplay and how, if I if I really got down to it and just playing a computer, I could script a match, and you would think you were watching a, a, a regular match with just the Rock and anybody else. And I would al- I could always land a spine buster, jump right up, go right into a people's elbow. I could land a rock mm-hmm. bottom and then always had enough people's elbows set up that
1: so I think we may have uh, a little moment of technical difficulty so I'll uh keep it going but I I understand huh? uh Kevin, you got you? All right, so we lost right, sorry, sorry, a sorry. second but um, we No, you good. We got that just of what you was uh, talking about for sure. I mean, some of those old games, man, were just liquid gold. Um, I mean, we've got all the modern technology and stuff now, but yeah, you know, when it comes down to just that pure, uh, you know, wrestling performance that you can put on with your creative character because you spent the time and you know what you like and you created your moveset and, you know, how it's your flow and, you know, what is tied to, to what direction on a, the D-pad for what move, you know, you, you can Indeed. make the magic happen. But you know, I will be uh, doing a, a thorough review of uh, 2K19. Only thing I hope they change, uh, which was the number one thing, I spent about about five pages worth of uh, email message on, was they need to no longer have VC as a mandatory option for building your my player um, in the game um, when you're you know going through the actual story mode with the created character when I did that last year, like, this is not wrestling, you know, 2k basketball. Got it. You know, anything else you want to do sports related? Got it. But, you know, you shouldn't, I shouldn't be able to make a perfect creative character um, for just to go online. And then I have to only end up being like a level 36 because I have, you know, no VC earned, or I got to go to a store and buy VC uh, or or the, you know, the Xbox or PlayStation store to. You know, buy currency and all that stuff, just to level my my player up. It, it shouldn't even be about that. It should be just, you know, I, I can have a certain allotment. I balance it out, and then I go in. But mm. that was a whole other, you know, argument right there. But
0: yeah, I was pretty heated. We can dedicate a show. And I don't get me wrong. I love 2K products. I am a huge NBA 2K fan. Uh, but that whole VC point now, uh, uh-uh. uh, no. No, (laughs) going to the store and spending $20, $30, and I can get 20,000 points. No, no, that's not how gaming works. No.
1: Yeah, but let me tell you something, man, and here's the oxymoron of the whole thing, and this is from selling this every day. People complained about Star Wars. People complained about Call of Duty, microtransactions, Battlefield, anybody else's microtransactions. They complain, I don't understand why that's in the game. That doesn't need to be there. Why are you just trying to rake us across the coals? But 2K, you hear nothing about it. I mean, I have people coming in in droves outside of Fortnite players spending, you know, $100 over this past week. And they're already getting some good VC in the anniversary edition. But let me go ahead and get that $100 uh, package of VC, $50. You just spent 100 for the game. Now you're stroking out. Another hundred another fifty you're gonna come back again and let me get another twenty I mean you know over the course of the year you have bought four versions of 2k basketball enough of that you know enough uh, currency to buy four different versions of the game and nobody complains because it's just acceptable. I got it the moment they created my player and you could go out on the court and you had to be the best one on the court
0: you know what God's the limit
1: blame 2k for the whole thing
0: you know what nobody complains. I think I'm probably the only one that does complain because I when the first year they put my player on was what, 2000, 2K11. Now, mind you, mm-hmm. I still have my, my player on my 2K11. I still have my, my player on 2K12, 13, 14. I have all my, all my, my players. So I can go back and play them anytime I want, but I never went to the store and board VC points for any of them. I took and I worked on it. I worked on my game. I worked on, knew what my strengths were, knew what I couldn't do, worked on what I couldn't do, made myself better which is how it's supposed to be. It makes you love the game more when you work and you take and you, you build this player up and you go from being near the bottom in rankings, whether it's WWE, whether it's 2k, any game, you're in the bottom of the rankings, but you work hard. You didn't go out and buy anything. You worked hard and you built that player up. You went from number 96 overall up to number three, but it took you four months to do it of dedicated work. That's game. Yeah.
1: But you're the you're yeah. that one percenter. Everybody else, 2K, and as, as an essence, pretty much took an over the let me go to the court and actually just do a pickup game and run some ball with somebody. Now I'm virtually running ball, being better than I could ever be. You know, I don't have to be out there, you know, on the court dribbling, take a shot. Kobe, you know what I'm saying, miss it. But I yell Kobe, so at least they think it's going to go in before they realize it's not. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, or, or driving to the hole, you know, I'm dunking like Jordan, sticking your tongue out, and then you get denied. You know, now it's, you yell Kobe, mm-hmm. you can like Kobe because you're at the same stat level as Kobe. You know, if you're going dunk from half court, why not? You got the shoes on, you got the jersey on because you spent the VC for it. Why not go ahead and be jump man and, you know, take it to the hole? So... You know, I said, I, I'm not knocking it, because only in 2K basketball does that world make sense. You know, I get it. So, you know, that's fine. But when they crossed over to my <laughs> side, <of> the- <laughs> oh, my God. And this is the that, 18 was the first uh, game that I just stopped playing. And I bought two versions of it. I bought the Cena edition, which was a great package for any collector, you know, whether you like Cena or not, to be able to have a piece of that ring. Uh, when he won that championship was amazing and John Cena autographed each one of those um, pictures himself. There's not, you know, screen printed or anything like that. There's YouTube videos you can watch of him in between uh, Raws and Smackdowns and pay-per-views actually signing over 10,000 of those um, mm. himself. So, you know, that's just a, a great thing to have. And I'm hoping that this Flair one is autographed because I got two on pre ordered so I can get, uh, hopefully both of those uh, pieces of his, um, his robe. But, you know, yeah, it's the first one that I just stopped playing. I'm like, Nope, you're getting traded in. I can't do it. I just, I, I couldn't, man. Um, but, you know, bringing it back to where we were, uh, like I said, for me, you know, I agree and understand what you had um, with uh, attitude for me, it was no mercy. And that's just a, a great showing that, you know, when you have a pure, strong, great uh, mechanic, Uh, when it comes down to the wrestling, you you, you can't
0: go wrong. Indeed, indeed. Uh, Lastly, let's jump into this real quick. I got another wrestling question. Uh, Who's your most underrated wrestler of all time?
1: This is where we get into those issues where you're going to be randomly texting me uh, or sending me uh, uh, tweeting messages or Facebook messages, whatever you can say to me at random this or is comes what gets me through the so week I need
0: I, my controversy
1: <laughs> before I give you the the name I'm going to give you some honorable mentions because there are just more than one that are underrated but the first underrated one uh, is Long Island Ice Z Zack Ryder the, the true internet champion um, you know Zack Ryder can go Uh He just won't let him. He doesn't have somebody to play off of. And, you know, he had some great moments, you know, with him versus The Miz and, you know, stuff like that. And truthfully, they should come out and thank him publicly because we wouldn't have WWE Network officially. We wouldn't have the WWE YouTube channel. There would be no up, up, down, down. There would be none of those things. If it wasn't for Zack Ryder doing his show, putting over the Internet, To the point to where, you know, it was just amazing that he was able to reach out to a demographic and a world that WWE had never been able to do before. It wasn't a dot .com thing; we just go to the website, just get some info. It wasn't a call to WCW hotline and you just listen to a pre-recorded message. He was actually touching the people in a way that was never done before when YouTube was in its infancy. So Zach Ryder, you know, definitely underrated performer. Uh, His boy. Dolph Ziggler, another honorable mention. Um, Dolph, as well, he's still working through his identity crisis. Um, Great guy. I had a chance to meet him not too long ago, about two years ago. But, um, you know, it's like he's one foot in like a a mirror image of Shawn Michaels. He's one foot in trying to not be the Spirit Squad guy. Um, But, you know, once we get, like, the true Dolph Ziggler, which I think he was still better as heel Ziggler – you know, like he is now. I think, you know, the Drew Galloway thing is is working in good form. It's a good balance sort of way, you know, you can get over without having to do too much work of getting over But Dolph Ziggler, as a performer, amazing, uh, but honorable mention. Uh, A throwback over to where he is now in TNA, but John Morrison, Mm -hmm. um, underrated, um, strong, you know, performer and athlete. Um, I would love to see him come back uh, to WWE, I thought, you know, he did a great run, in my opinion. And now what he's doing over there in TNA, um, you know, again, uh, and then when he was over in Ring of Honor, all that stuff. He's running the same gimmick, but at the same time, you know, I thought he did a a great job, but underrated. Um, Shelton Benjamin, who I beat in uh, SmackDown vs. Raw one year. Um, <laughs> beat bricks off of him. Um, but, you know, he's underrated, but he just can't talk. If he could talk, Shelton would be through the roof. We already know, you know, he could perform. You know, he was Kofi before Kofi uh, when it comes down to, you know, his ability to make moves, and, you know, he had of the Vidal of a yeah. on at one point. <laughs> um, um, and my last uh, honorable mention is uh, somebody that, you know, is almost, almost as underrated as my number one, and that's Goldust. And I give props and I openly clap for Dustin Reynolds for being able to do two things. One, just not to be able to be in the same gimmick almost as long as The Undertaker um, and, you know, could truly make it his own. But two, he has done one thing that a lot of the old timers uh, struggles with sometimes. He's been able to transition his wrestling style to match the current times. He doesn't get the credit that he deserves to be able to go out there and put on a wrestling uh, clinic um, from old and new school perspective with some of these new guys, even though he may take the L. But, you know, just the fact that he's going out there and if you watch him, you know, drop down and do the uppercut, it's just precision power. You know, when you see him do that Randy Orton, I call it the Randy Orton slam, uh, you know, like, bang, he's just getting it it's just spot on. You know, he's almost on that – you know, you would think it's like a Chris Benoit or, or Brett the Hitman Hart technical just snap when he does the move. You know, Goldust is is very underrated. Um, but my number one, and it's going to be a big struggle, you're not going to like it, possibly. Maybe you may agree with it, is Mr. Hustle, Loyalty, and Respect John what? Cena. Yep. <sighs> I I want you to go back to Mm -hmm. OVW Uh, the prototype not a John Cena of the prototype he is more than the five moves of doom Cena can wrestle Cena can go Cena can tell a story but the machine has him as the new Hulk Hogan so he has to be the I'm getting beat down and then I just start shaking and I start getting there and the next thing you know, boom, 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 FU, done. Dun, 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 dun. You know what I'm saying? You know, he's the hustle loyalty respect. You know, he's got the, the heart of the kids. I mean, arguably nobody gets more reaction in him. Nobody active is selling more merchandise than him. You know, he is that guy. But they just will not let him sometimes you'll see him do do something. And they're like, I didn't know John Cena could do that. Like, where the hell have you been at? John Cena could always do that. And he does it still in such a sneaky way that he gets to move in. You know, I'm not talking about when he goes, you know, does a leg drop off the top rope. That's just something for the spectacle of it, you know, just to make it a, a memorable match, you know, to get over the next sequence of moves. But, you know, he'll do something that you'll be like, that's a Matt wrestling right there. You know, that's something good now. Even though he's underrated, the one thing I hate about John Cena uh, is that, you know, he single-handedly has shown all these kids the fact that the STF, if done incorrectly, is pointless. Because I've only seen John Cena put the STF on maybe five times, and you actually believe it is actually doing something other than, you know what I'm saying, he's squeezing a crap out of the kneecap. (laughs) You know, I know – (laughs) um you know that is not how the stf to step over to the cross face is supposed to be put on i know uh magnum ta you know I'm saying sometimes guy be like what the hell is this you know and you know just watching there and he's you know in it tap tap like cena can you um put your arms together a little bit more so that way you're putting the pressure and actually touching his chin i shouldn't see that much gap you know i could fit uh uh, you know, uh, another, you know, Lucha Libre star in that gap and he could just flip through back and forth. I don't understand what that's going on. Rey Mysterio could be eating, you know, a Twizzler right there for all I know. That's how much space there is in between his crossface. But, you know, that's my number one gripe about John Cena uh, that I would just like him to actually put the crossface on to where it is a believable move. Um, and, you know, the people, God bless them, are selling it, but really... But out of that, he is, in my opinion, the most underrated wrestler because the most of these kids now and adults do not know him when he came in as, you know, when he was a prototype and he was fresh right there at that ruthless aggression era um, of, you know, performing. Now he doesn't have to, but, you know, if if he could do what he used to do, it'd be like he healed her. And like, oh, snap, we got a brand new Cena. You know, like, no, it's the same one. He just couldn't do it. That's my pick. Uh, I know you're going to hate, but so go well, ahead and tell Yeah, you. I'm going
0: to hate, and mine is just automatically. It's Kofi Kingston.
1: Uh, he would be an audible mention, man. Kofi. But the thing, fall.
0: Kofi can wrestle, and I've always wondered why has he never gotten a, ch- a title shot. Kofi, I, I've seen Kofi Kingston do some amazing things, and I've never seen him get that yeah, big push.
1: Not, he's a high flyer, man. He's a high flyer. B- yes, can indeed. Wrestle. But Kofi, he's just—he is the old school definition of high flyer. That—that's—that's that's what he is. When we had that old school cookie cutter mat wrestler, high flyer, showman, tactician, you know, that is Kofi. He could do some moves, you know, he can reverse, but you know, he's gonna go to the top rope because that's his bread and butter. You know, he's gonna, you know bounce off and do something high you know but as far as you know that chain wrestling of the grappling that's not his wheelhouse and it doesn't have to be because that's not the the mold he came out of you know for the longevity that he's been in the business you know he he can be sos you know and all that stuff you know it took the usos how long to go from uso crazy you know what i'm saying and you know flying all over the place to the level of performing that they are now you know whether they had the championship or not watching the usos now is like i don't even know who the hell they were before you know they are like getting it in and it is so believable and it is so passionate watching the usos you know it's crazy you know it's in the um blue. the same thing it like that's... you know like my your boy consequences mm-hmm. creed yeah. he can run right. He just won't let him and th- but I see you. I see your Kofi, but John Cena is underrated more.
0: The Professor of Dugganomics.
1: <laughs> even at that point, he was doing a little bit more. Yeah, indeed. Around his neck, you know. You're indeed, the I was. Word
0: life. I'm not even going to lie about that.
1: <laughs>
0: That's all the time we got tonight. Number one, thank you to the one, the only, the Smart Mark, the Don the, the beautiful right. wrestling insight tonight, please. I, I But I'm still I'm, I'm on your behalf. I'm going to reach out to WWE creative and they got it. They, they got to start cutting you a check because you, you broke it down to a oh, sign.
1: Man, I, I, if that was a happen, I'm not going to lie to you. The first thing I'd do is probably be, be just dumbfounded because you know who, you know, is pretty much the head of cr- uh, creative is you know, my boo, Stephanie. So she asked me a question. I'd be like, what? What? Like, what are you talking about? she like, but what are, what's the <laughs> idea what? Like? You know, like, no, I'm not ribbing you on this whole thing. I'm just stuck because, you know, I can't say what I'm thinking in my head because Triple H may kick my behind and fire me. But, you know, I just want you to know, Stephanie, <laughs> me and you, something go down, <laughs> something go wrong with me and you still. I'm just saying I was, I was with you the whole entire time, you know, on taking what's hanging you up on the cross and all that I'm like I would I would have saved you I just want to let you know you know you have to yell for your dad you know I would have beat up Tess as well I'm just saying um, <laughs> right, get out of the way Andrew oh my god <laughs> but I, pre- I appreciate you you know uh, selling me like that and booking me to be able to do uh, creative I mean that would be a dream job. I didn't I
0: do volunteer. it you did it I mean you broke it down You, I mean you <laughs> put me right there and I saw everything that you said I cannot deny that. Um, anybody that wants to listen, of course you can catch us right here on Anchor FM, Radio Public, Breaker, CastBox, uh, Google Play, Google Podcast, Apple iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, Pocket Pocketcast, Spotify, and also Podchaser. You can get up with us on um, Twitter, Sideline Junkies, on Facebook, Sideline Junkies: Colon Podcast by email, sidelinejunkies twenty at gmail.com and coming soon, it'll be sidelinejunkies.com. Mm-hmm. So keep a lookout for that. And once again, thank you again, Don. Please, I can't wait to get back into it again next week. Thank you for having me. Anytime, friend. anytime. The Junkies will be right back at you tomorrow, Sunday. For that NFL talk, first Sunday of the NFL season, we'll be there. Until then, good night, everybody. Good night.